Hey Bendigo, the mixtape tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday the 23rd of October at the Capitol Theatre in Bendigo. Tickets on sale now. You can find all information on planet80s.com.au and we'll see you real soon. Woohoo! How you going, guys? How you doing? This is the 80s montage. Sammy Hart on here. And I'm Jay Jovi. Welcome to the show, everyone. How you going, Sammy? Good, honey, but I'm, I'm a little bit heartbroken to hear that good old Charlie Watts has given it the goat. That was sad news, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Unbelievable. He was, he was much-loved drummer from the Rolling Stones, of course, Charlie Watts, and he was... 80 years old and had, like, an incredible life. Like, oh my God. think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Far out. Absolutely. Yeah. Just so incredible. He He's he sort of – he got he got brought up sort of now and then um, in various bands that I've played in just because he had a very straightforward, almost like a jazz style. Like, he yeah. was just a really chilled out drummer and you just don't think of – the drummer of the Rolling Stones would just be like chilled out like that, you know? He like was he just d- very just, back. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. And sort of Mick and um, bloody, you know, Keith and the other members of the bloody Rolling Stones and everything had really sort of big rocky lifestyles and everything. This guy was just chilled out, you know, but he was still still a big sort of revolutionary in the really big times of the Rolling Stones. Um, but yeah, it was just a, just a calm dude, keeping the pace up the back, keeping the tempo and a huge loss on the world, you know? So yeah, you know, bit of, bittersweet tonight's episode. Well, I always thought as a teenager, if any of the Rolling Stones died, it was the end of the world. Like I could never see it happening, you know, and we kind of are at the end of the world really. Yeah. 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 Going through and you just, you just try and. Imagine that some musicians that have worked all their life, like Charlie, mm. all of a sudden they've yep. got to stop because of this pandemic. Yeah. How much is brought on by that, you know? 
How much exactly right. does the body just go, well, fuck, I might as well give up, you know? Exactly right. And sort of it's it's um, like when you're a performer, you, you call it being show fit, you know, you're show fit. You, you keep doing shows, you keep getting up and performing and it's like – it's like the Holy Grail. It's like the fountain of youth, you know, like mm-hmm. performing live and keeping going. It keeps you young, mm-hmm. you know. It mm-hmm. really, really does. It connects you with the outside world. You're still travelling. You're still travelling the outside world and meeting new people all the time and fucking just getting out there, you know. This guy was 80 and yeah. just like drumming yeah. right up until the end. That's right. Um, big His loss, you know. It's very, very sad. Huge loss, huge loss. Mm. But um, condolences to all our Rolling Stone fans. Yeah. And I wanted to play the Harlem Shuffle because that kind of reminds me of their 80s stuff. I mean I love um, Start Me Up. That was 1980. That was like my favourite, favourite. But I yep. just remember seeing the Harlem Shuffle because of the cartoon video and, and it was always on the 80s shows in, in Australia especially. Yeah. From their album Dirty Work in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind it. I thought it was like the Pointer Sisters fucking version of Neutron Dance, you know. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they've given it a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had um, – look, they had a – Rolling Stones had a really fun 80s period and it mm. would would possibly be worth having a look at, you know, this sort of – uh, predominantly predominantly known for the decades before, but of course they sort of, you know, gigged and, and released albums and everything right the way through the 80s. Um, yeah, a lot of punters would have just known who they were in the 80s and gone backwards and had a look at their stuff. Exactly, exactly. They sort of uh, jump and Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg yeah. and stuff, you know. Um, Mick did – Mick and Michael Jackson, Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson were sort of – Big friends in the early eighties and something. Uh, th- they did the. Uh, they did a. Mick Jagger and the Jacksons did a duet, didn't they? What was it called? I have no State idea. State of shock. State of shock. Oh yeah, but, yeah. State um, of shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson yeah. Five, yeah, or something like. Yeah, the Jacksons. You're right. Um, I love that track. Love mm, it. Mm, so yeah. we just had to play that. It's got nothing to do with the episode tonight or anything. Happened today, but we just though, didn't it? Pay yeah. our respects. To the to the guy, you know he and you know he was faithful to his wife that whole time. I think that's fucking wow. amazing, incredible. I um, as you would know, Sammy, and you know you're, you're friends with him as well. We're friends with Ditch Davy from Home and Away, and his uh, baby mama Sophia. We, we're you know we were all really close to them. Uh, Sophia's dad. Is now you know now sort of getting old in the in the Daintree north of you know in far north Queensland and he he when he was a young man Sophia's dad he yeah. was young with the Rolling Stones he hung out in their group of mates wow and yeah and I remember having a conversation with him and it was the first time that I met him and I said you know like what. He was just an intriguing man, like absolutely sort of um, – it was really that hippie mentality about free love and there's no rules, no boundaries, um, just as long as you respect people and open your mind and everything. And I remember sort of talking to him and it was like talking to one of your younger mates when you're young but in the in the body of an old man, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was just a young spirit, and I said to him, "Like you know, what did you what did you do before you came to Australia?" And his answer was, "I was changing the world with Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones." And I was like, 
what? And he said, <laughs> yeah, he explained the story. But yeah. the way that he put it to me, I was changing the world with Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. And I, fuck, he was. He lived, he lived that philosophy that they all lived in the Rolling Stones. So um, hugely instrumental towards like the, I don't know, sexual revolution and just like the revolution of thinking in that period that the Rolling Stones Age were of huge. Aquarius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big thing. Really, really interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So did he actually what, know them? Oh, the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Did he know them? He yeah. was in their group of mates. Oh, wow. Ah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so how old have you been? How wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. was, what, in, what nationality was Ditchie's dad? Oh, so um, this is Sophia's dad. So Sophia's oh, Sophia. dad's English. Ditchie's dad, I've got no idea. Um, but, yeah, yeah. It's that sort of generation, isn't it? Like um, Ditch is sort of in his mid-40s. So, the, yeah, I'm not sure how old the dad was, but it's exactly sort of in that, in that period, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are we talking about tonight? Talking about tracks that no speak of the English. No speak of no English. <laughs> yeah, so tracks that were put out, um, not English tracks, they were actually different languages and I fucking personally loved it. It was like an event, wasn't it, in the 80s when there was a song that like not English and it really hit the charts, really, really uh, catchy and everyone loved it. They may not have known all the lyrics, but everyone was singing it and dancing to it in the clubs and everything. And so that's what we're looking at tonight. And sometimes they did do English versions of these songs and vice versa. Yeah. But it had to be huge to actually mm. do an English version because a lot of these people could not speak English. It was the fact, you know. Yeah. They were um, – and. The, they, were, they, they couldn't speak on your show. So the first band we're going to look at is one of my favourites. They were like the hottest fucking band in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You saw these guys and she was hot as well. She still is. And they were German. So before I give it away, I'm going to give it a play. to be number one. God, yeah, absolutely. What an awesome song and like such an 80s classic. 
It is. And number one for a long time in Australia especially. Yeah, yeah. Course, There's a little bit Nina. of history to it as well. You know, it's by Nina. Yeah, yeah. Bit of history. The the um the German. There was an English uh, version of this released as well. Obviously, yep. the uh, German one was released first. Yeah. But they sort of told slightly different stories, and because mm-hmm. uh, because the German version was about. Um, all these balloons rele- were released. They thought they were UFOs. So they sent up like um, uh, Air Force planes to to check it all out and everything. And they put on a big fire show in the sky. And it was very sort of raw territory, I guess, still sort of following the war and everything. Um, so, yeah, like an amazing song. It really caught on in Australia especially. Yeah, and I think they did do the English version because it was so big in Australia because we were breaking a lot of bands at in these years with mm. Countdown and stuff and, and I don't think anyone expected this to be huge but just the synths and it was poppy. I've got like live DVDs of this band that I brought in New Mia oh, wow. overseas which, which you can't get here unless um, – this was way before eBay and stuff like that. I used to go yeah. and look for it. And – the keyboards and everything in this band were incredible, but they kind of remind me of Aha, but fronted by a female. Yeah. Like it yeah, was that absolutely. full on. Yeah. And except Aha obviously had a lot more tunes that we'd heard of, but Nina yeah. are like the biggest thing in Germany. Like they're huge. Gotcha. They just yeah. don't do English, they do mainly German music. That's it. With a pop yeah. sort of sounds. And, and like really in the 80s and the 90s as well, you could have sort of European acts coming out with their, you know, with hits in their original language and they would do really well. There was a really, there was a really sort of healthy spread of artists coming out of all different parts of the world and all throughout Europe sort of and especially singing in their native language. Um, you don't so much get that anymore. Um, you'll have your odd like Gangnam style and stuff coming through, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Nah. It's very westernized. Oh, uh, look, I think there were so many different trends in the eighties and the seventies and the eighties that mm. this just people loved it. You know, and we're going to yep. look at a lot of artists tonight that you may think, oh my god, remember that? You know, yeah. Yeah. Good old Nina. She had one hot fucking band, keyboard player. Fucking the drummer great. was my favourite. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I loved everything about that band. And it was – I just remember it being number one on Countdown for fucking like 10 or 11 weeks. It was just ridiculous. In those years that was a long time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old yeah. Nina. And there's something really – what I love about all of these acts that we're going to sort of look into tonight, they invoke a little bit of Eurovision. You know what I mean? Most of um, them are from Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eurovision yeah. sort of like started in the 50s but there's also something really retro about Eurovision that I love. Um, and, you know, I love I, – I know with the WOGs especially, it was – Eurovision was a way of connecting to home. You know what I mean? Like especially for all the uh, Mediterranean Australians and stuff in the 80s. It was a it was a great way of like connecting with home, like what what Eurovision was doing when they started sort of telecasting it and stuff. And um, you know, there's, <laughs> there's something just something really eighties about Eurovision that I love as well. So I always think a bit about it in in reference to these songs. 
Yeah, and, and you know, European artists weren't getting a real go in their own country. So it was the easy way to get stuff out there very quickly. Like ABBA did Eurovision and, uh, God, so many people did Eurovision. That gotcha. it became a complete success. Like yeah. nothing – It like you didn't even have to win the competition. If you're no. in the top 10 or the top 20 and people heard the song and it's still the same. Yeah. People go yep. out and buy – the music of Eurovision, there's something about it. And it is very Euro trash, Euro sort of uh, very 80s, even now it sounds 80s. Yeah, yeah that's right, exactly. You know, the production. But awesome. So the next one we're going to look at is um, the one you wanted to play and I love this dude. Love it. Here we go. Love it. Absolutely, yeah. Really, really interesting. Rock me, Amadeus. He's Austrian. So his yeah. name is uh, Johan Holzel and um, is, is Austrian. And um, awesome, really sexy song, this one, Rock me, Amadeus. Yeah, there was a couple of songs in the 80s about Amadeus, which yeah. was interesting. I think this was yep. from the movie as well. No, I don't think so. I think sort of. Uh, I think was generally it another song by Armad- another Armadillo song then. Yeah, well, this song the the film came out in eighty four, so sort of um, Mozart, you know, Armadillo's um, Mozart was was like very, well, very, was, very, was, very cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dressed as Armadillo in the video, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Prince was sort of dressing like a sort of Armadillo sort of. Character as well, so you know the frilly, the frilly shirts yeah. and the fucking wigs and all of that thing. That was and the, just that new romantic classical style was really big. So Amadeus, yeah. it all sort of tied in, you know. Looks um, fucking better than Prince. Uh, Amadeus, I mean Falco looked <laughs> shit ass compared to Prince. <laughs> yeah, the fucking he did. wig was shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Falco, really interesting, you know, fun, fun fact about this cunt. He he was actually born. He had sort of twi- his mum was pregnant with three babies, and he was the only one that survived. Ooh, isn't that amazing? 
that used to happen a lot in the old days. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't think, like, even if you had twins, sometimes only one would survive. Yeah. But he's not that yeah. old. I mean, he's dead now. He did die quite early in his career. 1998 he died, yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, I guess he didn't have one 40 then, years old. He died a day he, before yeah. my birthday. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple on this list that have died around yeah, 40, yeah. 44. And been incredible artists and you wonder where they could have gone. Yeah. If they were yeah. still alive. Yeah, that's so, right. Now, he also released of, um, De Commissar. And That's right. the same year after the fire released De Commissar and in the same yep. year Laura Brannigan released De Commissar. Right. So except Laura Brannigan's was English and it was just the sample of the song. It was really right. interesting. There was like three versions hanging around. I prefer After the Dark, which you yep. see in The Wedding Singer. Uh, yep. When they're in the kitchen and he's got the Choose Life t-shirt on and don't don't right. around. Oh, oh. Falco's a little bit thinner for my liking but After the Fire I thought were amazing. Yeah. But After the Fire did an English version of it. That's right. I remember. Love it, love it, love Sorry, it. Sorry, I'm yeah. drunk. I'm drunk. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Just, so Mika's dad got a job today, so we've been oh. celebrating. I made cocktails and wow, um, had what kind of a job before for everybody? A head job um, or a job? Um, maybe he's you know we'll get a head job later tonight because <laughs> everybody was very happy. Not from, yeah, right. You know from his. He's he's a married man, so um, good on him. But um, yeah, yeah, just good news. It's difficult. Lots of people have lost their jobs in due to COVID. You know, like I remember sort of ScoMo saying, "No, no one will be losing their jobs due due to the pandemic or whatever." Like he was going to sort of lift everyone up, but like a fuckload of people have, um, and. this wasn't so much due to COVID with Mickey's dad. It happened sort of slightly before due to another downturn. But it's, it's you know, rare that people are sort of picking up jobs at the moment. And, um, yeah, really good. So good luck. We all had a toast. And uh, What's the lovely. job they do? Did you tell uh, me what the job was? Selling drugs. Oh. So that's, you know, you got to do. <laughs> oh, he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. right. That's awesome. You, you well got to do what it takes, really. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. What did, so. um, what did the soprano guy used to call his job? <laughs> I can't remember. Anthony Soprano used to call yeah. his job some cleaner or I can't remember. It used to crack me up uh, though. Good series, awesome series. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's great. Mm. Well, so, it's so hard it nowadays, man. People are starting to lose their mind and, you know, I can't see us getting out of lockdown too quick. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All we can hope for now is that people will get vaxxed to a level that we're just sort of able to fucking open things up soon because, yeah, it's getting nuts. People are fucking sick of it. So, um before the, before everyone's riding, rather than just the people that you know, the the denialists. Um, I think, you know, everyone get vaccinated. We open up, go back to normal, and um, just keep yeah. moving. I think. Fucking hell! Just what do you absolutely. do? I think that's what's got to be done. You know, as yeah. soon as we get to a certain amount, because the people that don't want to get vaccinated, that's their problem. You know, if yeah. they get it, whatever, it's their yeah. choice and stuff. But. We need to do shit, you know. It's really tricky. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got some friends, like, you know, we've got sort of heaps of friends who are sort of, don't, you know, denialists. They don't, they don't think the they don't think there's really a disease. They think that there's a disease but it's not lethal and lockdowns a jip and all of that. And look, there's all different degrees of belief with this thing. But the thing is we've we've just got to fucking stop telling each other what to do, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, Facebook's the, fucked, mate. Things I'll are fucking happening where like friends are cutting off friends and p- family are falling out with each other over this and – Yep. I just think, like, if you want to get vaxxed, get vaxxed. If you don't want to get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. But the lockdown's got to finish. You know what I mean? It's like by now I think everybody who wants to get vaxxed or is interested or whatever, they're getting on board. They've at least got their first fucking injection or whatever. And they're moving towards their second. But if you don't want to get it done, don't get it done. But like the you know the lockdown's got to start. We've got we've got to we've got to fucking we've got to try something different. I think you know fucking over two hundred days in Melbourne of lockdown and oh yeah, Jesus, it's got to change. Anyway, absolutely. So this next shit song is shit, but mm. very important to bring it up because it was fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me show where I just bloody put it. (laughs) It reminds me of my Jewish reception band. I have to say this. Here we go. Fuck, this was huge. Yeah. So the movie is based on Frankie Valance, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So Frankie Valance did a a big cover of this old song. Yeah. um, And it was absolutely huge. Um, This song, the song came out originally in the 50s, is that right? Yeah, Yeah, something like that, yeah. But 87, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So this... Uh, the film came out in um, 87 based on the life of Richie Valens and old mate bloody Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips played uh, Richie Valens and it was a huge hit. Huge. Huge hit. Enormous. Richie Valens was um, generally very big in this period, wasn't he? Because he was in Young Guns as well. Richie Valens? Oh, not Richie Valens. Friggin' um, – Lou Diamond Phillips, sorry. Yeah, the yeah, he, he was big. He was big. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He could be in our next episode, which is, which which would be would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wogs of the eighties. He could be. in He's the next been. One. Um, oh, he absolutely. Yeah, oh, he could as well. He could be. Um, he actually uh, performed in Melbourne not long ago, I believe, in the King and I on stage. 
Oh, wow. King I'm and pretty I. pretty sure. Yeah. Like yeah. how long ago? Um, within the last 10 years. I'll oh, look yeah, into yeah, it yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Because none of us have been fucking doing shit for th- oh, yeah. two and a no. half years now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, nah, not yeah. really. Maybe 18 months. It'd be close to two years now, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. It'll yeah. be two years in March. Yep, Which very fucking boring. There was something about it last time, even though it was longer, I was more kind of prepared to tolerate. I'm over it. Yeah, but can I just <laughs> fucking yell out to the Wentworth fans? We started mm-hmm. Wentworth last night, the first yep. episode of the last season, and it was fucking incredible. Oh, is that right? Was it last night? Yeah, last night it started. So hey. uh, Susie Porter... Fucking incredible, insane, insane yeah. actress. So yeah. she's come back to her old self where she's a little bit of a devil. Uh, she was quite good in the first half. Now mm-hmm. she's starting to get back into Mari Winter. So, yeah, yell out to our Wentworth people. I mean, everyone's excited because it's so fucking goddamn good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they killed off gold. our mate last night. Oh, oh shit, God, I shouldn't they? have said oh, that, but anyway. No, don't say that. Cut that out, Maddie. Yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say oh, that. Cut geez. it out. Spo- God, that's Oh, fucked. fuck. She's fucked it. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I, look, look, you know what? There'd probably be three Wentworth people that actually listen. If you listen, write us a letter. I want to know there's, who you are. There's probably a few. There's probably <laughs> who knows? a few. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So Lombarda, I used to do Lombarda in uh, La Bamba. Sorry, Lombarda. Lumbamba yep. in Havana Moon, my Jewish reception band. And yep. we sat there and we articulate, we, we worked out how to do it in harmonies and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And every time we went to do it, I went, oh, fucking shoot me. I just fucking hate it. Yeah. It There's like, not a hell of such, a lot to it, is it? It's just one really long verse and then it starts again into the same one. So it's quite tricky. Like it's not easy to learn. And especially if you're doing harmonies, but we did it as well as we could. And it's a tricky song, to, tricky song to learn, but the payoff doesn't reflect that. <laughs> you know, like the sort of performing the song doesn't sort of like reflect how, how hard it is to learn. Oh, not for me, but with the crowd, fucking huge. Oh, I guess. You know, they loved yeah. it. Oh, my God. It yeah. looked like the no, – no, no. it was like when friends – you know, when friends brought out their fucking – I'll be there for you. Like yeah. anything like that that's a little bit weird and a little bit different, people love that shit at functions, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that was a real – we could not not do it. I think yeah. – because you've got to remember in this time, 86, 87, the Spanish influence on Melbourne especially, mm. we had venues that were Spanish. We had the – I think it was called the um, – a lot of places in Fitzroy and Brunswick were teaching Spanish lessons. The Bull Ring was the venue I was trying to think of, the Bull Ring. Oh, and fuck, really? they had Spanish bands. And my friend Fab, his mum was like one of the biggest Spanish uh, singers in, in Melbourne and it was it was just such a thing, like the yeah. whole Spanish thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the- a bit of a few fun facts about Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, Lou Diamond Phillips had played Richie Valens in the movie. Um, I'm just looking up because he did do The King and I replacing Jason Scott Lee in 2014. Uh, Jason Scott Lee played um, Bruce Lee in a couple of things and he was also in uh, Back to the Future 2 in 1989. 
Um, Jason Scott Lee dropped out and Lou Diamond Phillips jumped in. I think that was 2014 uh, in Opera Australia's King and I with Lisa McCune. Oh, yeah. Lisa McCune. I so, think Katrina Knowles was in that as well. Oh, was she really? Yeah, yeah. There she we was go. in King and I. She had that look. The long hair and she looked yeah. great. Okay, so awesome. She she was in that, I think. But oh. it might have been the time before. King and I have been, been out a couple of times. It has been a couple of times, yeah. Yeah. He um we all think of Richie uh, sorry, Lou Diamond Phillips as being a big like a Mexican or Latino actor because he was like sort of like offered a lot of those roles. He's actually Filipino Filipino. He's born in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that's really interesting. So good on him, Lou Diamond Phillips, playing Richie Valens in, in um, La Bamba, the film. So we've got a One Dick Wonder now. Awesome. And it's a ripper and it yeah. still sticks with the theme. And here it is. Endziffer 1. Yeah, you could have. But I got sick of it. I was like, oh, yeah. 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 They're really laid back kind of dudes that just walk mm. up to the mic like they can't be fucked kind of vibe. Like, oh, yeah. God. Something very there, – there's something for um, a little – you're a little bit bored if you're German. Yeah, a bit bored. I've fucking seen it all. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So Trio yeah. was the name of those guys. Mm. 1982. Song, and this da, da, da. song was fucking huge. You wouldn't it was, have imagined. It was really big. It was but really big. There was something just really cool about it. Yeah, yeah. And the music's great. It's like a bad Casio keyboard, mm. but it's so cool, you know. And it, there's just something really kitschy about it, like really self-aware. Like they they know they're doing as little as possible. It's like a jingle really. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I actually thought it was really innovative because – it was the keyboards. It was like an Atari game or something. Like um, like it was quite. It was the first time he'd really heard the production so bad in a track that actually did something so good. Yeah, like yeah, it wasn't exactly. a beautifully polished synth. It was just like like you're bouncing ping poles off a fucking tennis bloody, you know, like off a tennis table tennis table. Yeah, you know, it reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which kind of made it super cool. As well. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And I, I don't know much really... about them. No, I don't know much about them. I think this song was re- used in a lot of ads. It's been used yeah, in a lot yeah, of ads. Yeah, it and was. so it's sort of the use of that around the world in different ads and different campaigns really spread this song as well. Well, it was um, bigger before those ads, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Much that's bigger. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like mm. it stood up on its own. And yeah. then I think. You know, you sell the rights to a commercial, you're laughing. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's like a puppet, a do, do, do. Like it's, it's really simple. I think that's why it was such a good commercial. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, nothing, exactly. It, there was nothing really tricky about it. Yeah. But in yeah. that version, that was a live TV version, but you just watch them come out on stage and they're like, can't be fucked. Like, you know, oh, well, it, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't come out with a cigarette in their mouth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's but right. But that's our one dick wonder. I don't think they had much else that we'd heard of in this country. Probably not. Look, they would have got a blowjob out of it. <laughs> Even <laughs> if they weren't blowing each other. I've got a that's feeling right. that might have been oh, Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these um, acts that you hear of, you think they haven't had a career. Yeah. But they've really just not spread out of their own country, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Good anyway, chuck, what, do, what do we say to our one dick wonder? Nice one, dick. Uh. <laughs> so the next one we're going to play is one of my all-time favourite of this show, um, Ofra Haza, who was – I had all her albums and I loved her. And I started hanging out with my Jewish reception band and because I'd listened to so much Ofra Haza um, – I kind of understood the language more, believe it or not. Yeah. Because I loved it. So let's have a listen. If you're if you if you're old enough to know who this woman was, she was incredible and her music was really well produced. A lot of these tracks are really well produced though when you get up to the high stakes of it all. So let's yeah. have a listen. Amen. go beautiful Amazing song such a banger mate the whole album was great yeah yeah now Curia, this chick the song off, was called the yeah. album was called sorry wow this chick Ofra Haza is um, referred to as the Madonna of the East yeah she was was she it was. was is that a reference to I guess her being sexually orientated or is it something is it to do with her success? No, it was more to do that she could sing and dance and do it together really well. Right. And the music was sort of, at the time that she came out, was sort of produced 
like Madonna stuff but Israeli, you know what I mean? Like a, yeah. like a pop Israeli thing. I think, you know, people used to say that about, you know, Selena. She died really young as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, they used to say she was like um, a Gloria Stefan or, or yeah. Jodie Watley or whatever because she yeah. was so young. So everyone had to have their influences but – I think because this woman was so beautiful and so seductive, I guess, in a way, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, And she yeah. was so spiritual and I think because Madonna was huge, everyone just went, oh, my God, she's like the Israeli Madonna, which I kind of agree with but she just didn't have much of a career because she passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, and and there were there was a lot happening uh, in terms of her sound happening through the late 80s and the early 90s, um, a lot of artists were sort of taking on little samples that had this Israeli sound in their songs. Um, so it would have allowed her a bit of a window into those like Western charts and stuff. Really sexy sound. Yeah, I remember this coming out and the Israeli sound wasn't in at all. Right, It was the okay. other way around. She right. brought it in. She brought it then, in. Th- you know, there's a loop in this song. That is mm. from a fucking 90s right in the night, like a jam and spoon yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I know like what you're saying. So I I'm just trying to think of the track and I can't remember the track. So mm. a lot of uh, – I think she would have been the first one to come out way before the Israeli thing because we gotcha. didn't really know what Israel was, to be honest no. with you. No, that's right. Not in Australia or around the world. Like who yeah. are they? Are they gypsies? What are they, you know? Yeah. You, you just don't know what they were. So I don't even know – I think she was, she was on – Video, like sounds and, and all the yep. Australian video clips, but they did pick her music apart and start using threads in 90s dance more than anything. They did, yeah. And yeah. when I look at Jam and Spoon, you know, right in the night and that sound, mm. it just reminds me of her stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I, I fucking remember, loved it. I remember Paula Abdul when Paula had like a, a comeback in the 90s she lo- she used a bit of her stuff in My Love Is For Real. Remember that? Yeah, the, the Mediterranean sound. That was big yeah. then. Mediterranean yeah. sound was huge. Everyone was using it. Yeah, Fucking that's right. Britney Spears, just anyone that was out. Yeah. Um, even though Britney wasn't, I don't think she was out for a while. But because um, I know one of the records I produced, they wanted that in there as well. Yeah. Um. The Mediterranean thing got bigger in the 90s big time. But I think with Oph- with um, Ofra Hazer, it sort of, she just sort of started it and pioneered it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Unless you were yeah. Jewish and you listened to Israeli music, that was different. That's right, but absolutely. I remember thinking when I heard her, why do I love this stuff so much? Because it used to just reach into your soul and even yeah. though you don't understand the language. And then mm. when I started singing Hebrew... Yeah. I understood it really quickly. Yeah, wow, wow. Just from listening to the There's something really, really ancient and and um, romantic about it, you know. I, lo- I love it. Um, she sang on the soundtracks of a couple of big 80s films, Colours, um, and even though they're 90s, they happened in 1990, Dick Tracy and Wild Orchid, uh, Orchid sorry, had um, with Mickey Rourke had um, – uh, songs that she sang on in them. So, you know, she was being heard around the world. Her vo- voice was being heard around the world. Um, so very exciting, you know. And 
uh, very tragically, she died um, untimely in in two thousand of um, uh, AIDS. Yeah, AIDS AIDS related yeah. disease. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. sad. Mm. Absolutely. But I loved her. I loved her, and she was uh, forty two. That's not very old. Not at all. It's the same sort of story as the Selena. Yeah, like, similar. Except Selena's it? fan killed her, not yeah, yeah. something else. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but very just, interesting. Just a tragic sort of untimely death, you know. Yeah, yeah I remember being shattered because that's yeah. not that long ago, really. When you think about it, not really. No, forty, fucking forty-two, especially. That's me last year. Jesus. Yeah. So our next one we've got is one of the obvious ones. You can see a lot of these artists started off as artists that just released non-English albums and records, yeah. mm. and then they went into the English stuff, but. Gloria Stefan obviously knew how to sing really well in gotcha. English. She was amazing. But a lot of the times she would bring her music out in Spanish. So one side of the album I think might be Spanish and then the other side might be English. So I've yeah. just got this version of her, I think it's a 1988 hit uh, called Anything For You and I'm just going to find her now. Here we go. Stefan, she had big sort of breakthrough success in 1985 uh, being the lead singer of Miami Sound Machine with Conga. That was their big hit. Yeah. Uh, the song that you just heard was uh, the original version of uh, Anything For You that she would release across the English-speaking spe- English charts in 1988. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. She had a lot of hits. She had a lot oh, of hits. fuck. Gloria Stefan was huge. Fuck yeah. Well, the Miami Sound Machine were huge. Her and her husband were in that. Yeah, And he yeah. used to play percussion and produce all the stuff. I think he even did more than – I think he might have played bass. I can't remember. Yeah. And she had that terrible bus accident in the 80s where fuck, she broke her Fuck, I remember that. She was on yeah. tour, yeah? That's right. She was on tour in the tour bus and she – they had a huge tour accident and she had to get a rod put in her back. And she I remember walk. seeing she the bus. She had to learn how to walk again. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So for someone that's gone through that and released 
Miami Sound Machine stuff and the original stuff is incredible. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all like and fast dancing and all sort of, you know, yeah. like a lot, big, big part of her act is dancing and everything and she couldn't even walk. So it was very tragic. Um, yeah. But she made it back, definitely. Mate, that would be a subject because there are so many artists that have had the road accident in the 80s and had Fuck the accidents yeah. in the fucking the, the tours, you know. Look, the these tour poor buses. bastards. Yeah, they were out sort of touring countries and stuff yeah. and doing long hours and, you know, late nights and a party lifestyle and all of that. And, and as if the driver wouldn't get involved, you know what I mean? Oh, like the course. driver would had to have lost their way sometimes. Fun. Well, these these poor bastards like waiting around, you know, for the show to finish and and stuff, and you yeah, yeah you would just get into trouble, wouldn't you? So so it's um, yeah yeah the poor thing. So but look, she had a lot of hits. She was sort of it was funny. She sort of really happened in the mid to late eighties, and that was right when Mariah Carey was coming out as well, and she was sort of like a taller. Uh, Gloria, you know, Mariah Carey was like a taller Mariah, um, Gloria Estefan with like a slightly better voice, you know. they I think they were both with Sony as well. So, um, yeah, it was funny. Um, Mariah Carey had a very exotic look and nobody actually knew realised that Mariah Carey was, had sort of African-American roots for ages. They were, they were hiding her background for f- some stupid reason. Yeah. And uh, they were pitched, they were pitched together a lot, Mariah Carey and Gloria Estefan, at the beginning of Mariah Carey's career. Yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah, unusual because um, Gloria was out way before Mariah. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I used to hear Gloria Estefan's hits at fucking Blue Lights. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. especially Miami Sound Machine and, Con- and the Conga and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I guess Rhythm they had that curly hair, you know. That yeah, curly that's right. hair look, but I Mariah just had that amazing voice where she could just when she could sing, sing so high, you know, vision of love. You, I yeah. didn't even think. I think Mariah had the better voice, yeah. But articulation wise, and the voice that stood its time would be yeah. Gloria's. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just um, goes to show you. She had a couple of uh, ballads as well. I mean, of course, there was sort of anything for you. There was also. Um, don't want to lose you. Yeah, she had huge, some huge amount of ballads. Yeah, yeah, she had some big albums coming out. So big, big sort of crossover artist that made uh, made it possible, I guess, for artists like Shakira, Ricky Martin, Maluma, and so yeah. forth to to break through as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is the chick they always. Put Selena with Gloria Stefan oh, yeah. and Selena were like you know Selena was a groundbreaker. Then That's right. one of her fans killed her, and then mm. Gloria Stefan was around, but then she became commercial. But it was so big the whole Spanish theme in the eighties yeah. that you couldn't keep up with the artists coming out, you know. And then of course later on down the track you have your Ricky Martins and all that shit yeah. that comes out with a nineties sound. And this whole thing, and it was it did set it up for those people for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of the early stuff, but the next one now, this one's going to freak you out because um, the fucking record. I've I've I don't even know how to tell you. 
this is your one, your Leo Iglesias, right? You love oh, and yes, everyone. Yeah. If you had a grandmother or even a dad or a mom that just loved fucking, I think this album that we're going to talk about is the one you wanted to talk about because I went a more and that's before. Mm-hmm. But this was the album everyone had and it's 1100 Bel Air Place. Now I put in 1100 Bel Air Place today and yeah. got the fucking, it's an address of a house. Yeah. Like Prince What did. the fuck? Is that his shagging house or something? Um, I'll have to look into it. But like a lot of artists did that. It was like kind Put their of their address on their record. No, it's like where their studio was or This is the name know. of his album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who else put the fucking address of their album on Prince the did it? Surely? Prince did like it. With what? Oh, what it was it? 13, 14 or something? It was like the it's often it's not their house, it's where the studio is and stuff like that. Like it's some reference to where all the songs were recorded or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, right. But yeah, well, this th- it was his house. Yeah, this was his house. This was his former house. Um, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Which was also Just owned by Quincy Jones. Just in case you can't Jones. find me. Yeah. My dress is on the record. Send your dirty knickers here. That's right. Uh, I would have been totally petrified <laughs> doing this if he was, if I was him, because it's women sort of strange, fucking loved him. Yeah, oh, I just fuck. happened to Google it for the album. And then found this fucking mansion. Yeah. With a fucking, and I'm thinking, surely no. Yeah. And he was absolutely. Have we mentioned that it's Julio Iglesias yet? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Oh, we, we have. Good. He was. Um. He was a bloody Eurovision um contestant as well. Yeah. 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 There we go. Yeah. All of Let's them. Let's play There was no other way of getting out there. Record exactly. companies wouldn't sign them. Yeah. No record company in the 80s or the late 70s would have taken a risk with a European singer and put That's it out right. in the English mainstream. Industry. It had to be popular first, didn't it? And then you go into, and then you went, that's right. And then they made you cross over anyway. Because this album, of course, um, All the Girls I Loved Before was with Willie Nelson. Mm. And that's why people brought it because that hit was so huge for yeah. all the girls I've loved before. And every uh-huh. mum and nanny went out and brought the album. Yeah. Uh, but the, the hardcore fans had the album before this and more. Yeah. yeah. Which my grandmothers both did. And then this came out because he'd done songs with Willie and I think there was one with Deborah Harry. I can't remember. There was something else, else, wasn't there? Some other. And, you know, like it was just huge. So I've got a song to play from this because if this in the 80s, this guy in the 80s was absolutely huge without a doubt. (laughs) And I just remember going to my grandmother's and going, oh, nanny, can you turn that stuff off? Yeah. I don't like it. That's you know? enough. But he was bloody huge. Here he is.
This song was fucking huge. This album came out in 1984 and this was fucking huge. It's so much part of my childhood that I would listen to this in the car by myself. It's so non like it's so non-evasive. Like it's it, I actually forgot I I was recording it. That's why it goes yeah. for so long. Yeah. Uh so if you think I've had a stroke, I haven't. I just <laughs> forgot to turn the fucking song off. But it is so nice, but the production, it's very wog all night long. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Very sort you of know? calypso, like, oh, hey. Yeah, like yeah, the, the yeah, big yeah. brass. And this That's is when right. they recorded real brass players. Brass not just sections fucking, and stuff, yeah. Like fucking things not on keyboards. Not just a fucking keyboard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Quincy Jones owned that house. Yes, that's right, yeah. Right, he, okay. He did originally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, did he produce this album? Because it sounds like him. I'm not sure. Diana, he, Diana Ross is on it as well. That's right. He he. Um, the duet that he did was "All of You" with Diana Ross, and he he, yeah. he really crossed over in '84. It was a big, it was a big sort of period for him. Even though he was like really prolific all throughout the '70s, um, it was when he really broke through onto the American market, and there was something really classy about him like if you wanted to be a bit classy in this period you would whack on Julio Iglesias you know he was the wog version of Robert fucking Plant not Robert Plant Robert what's his name simply irresistible like the wog version oh he was I guess yeah yeah you're right yeah that's very good suit the whole thing and yeah had a great voice just smooth unforced Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, really sexy and I think he fucking, he would have stuck it in all around the world, don't you reckon? Yeah, well, he was on, um, I had a look at an interview with Bert Newton. I don't know how I found it. And he had been a soccer player or he was in a soccer team. Yeah, that's right. And broke his back as well. Yes. So he was out for four years. Yeah. And he couldn't walk. Mm. And he said to himself, if I can make myself walk again, I'll do music and make it on a bigger scale. And I don't know what year that was, but yeah, um, you know, Bert Newton was saying how he was huge among women and men. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was like, God, you're camp, Bert. Where did you? I oh, did. Come Bert from? say and men. Yeah, that would have been Bert's way of women. saying 
I will, you know, I Bang will pull you, you off. Yeah, yeah, Julio, yeah that's you right. Yeah. You've got to watch the old bit, don't you? That's right, now and then. You know, yeah. absolutely. But he was a really – and he had a really clever wit about him, yeah. Julio. That's and right. And he was quite humble even though – Yeah. He's like, oh, you can, you can suck my cock if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I think it was – he used to touch people like he touched Bert and Bert was like, I'm never going to wash me. this – Wish right. I'm never yeah, going to wash his right. hand again. That's right. He was a big sex symbol, you know. Like it was like Huge. women just wanted to be swept away by fucking Julio Iglesias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember Saturday, like if because in the uh, 80s when your mum and dad would work, you'd get dropped off at your grandparents, which probably happens now, I don't know. Still, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming not through, through lockdown. But, yeah. And uh, they'd always have record players on early in the morning, your grandparents and – you know, yep. it was either Humphrey B. Bear, you'd watch that and then that would go off and then they'd bring on the fucking Julio Iglesias and you're like, oh, my God, and then yeah. you went outside. But we yeah, that's, that's why right. I think they had record players out in the garage because when you had grandkids that didn't want to listen to that shit, you went yeah. into the garage. Oh, you could go into the garage and fucking pump it, you know, and you could <laughs> play it. And, play, and if you had it in the garage, you could play it out in the yard as you are working as well, you know. Um, Absolutely. Now, also, uh, Julia's son, Enrique Iglesias, the younger people would know, of course, Enrique Iglesias. And if you were an Enrique, and if you were an Enrique fan, both of you, I would like I'd like to tell you that his father was famous first. You know, yeah. Enrique. They really tried to. They really tried with Enrique, didn't they? You know Look, what I'm they saying. They succeeded a little bit. But yep. the times were different. Yeah. He was nowhere near as suave as his dad. No. The only thing he did that was great was bang that fucking tennis player. Anna Kornikova. Yeah, like she was hot. Yeah, absolutely. Too hot for they, him. I thought too hot, hot, hot for him. They were in that. Oh, they were, no, he, I thought. He, she was in one of his clips, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was. And she Washing look, a car or something. Let's face it, she was a shit tennis player. Who cares? She's still But everyone gorgeous. was excited when she turned up. But didn't up, you she know? get into the the open the grand? Didn't she like perform she, as tennis she, player? She could have got into my opening. Yeah, right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but was she didn't she get into the top ten of chicks or whatever? Oh, uh, top ten, top ten best set of tits. I think it was. Did they have kids? They must have. No, I don't think so. I think they. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Now, Enrique, remember he was in that Pepsi commercial as well. Yeah. And it was sort of set in the Coliseum and it was like, oh, it's camp as. It's like Pink walking out, Beyonce, Britney oh, Spears. Yeah. And he's yeah. the emperor, remember? Yeah, yeah. Really fucking He did camp. a single with one of them. Might have yeah. been, no, it was Christian Aguilera he did a single with, I think. Yeah. Just boring. Yeah. That's Ricky right. Martin came in and slayed it, you know. Yeah, that's right. We didn't even exactly. know what the fuck he was after Ricky yeah. Martin came in. That's right. It's like, fuck you off, know. mate. We've already got Good a old Ricky. we said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So the last track we're going to play tonight is this band was fucking huge, man. And it was the 80s and it was that time where the Spanish – Rezzle, you know, revolution hit Melbourne and everyone thought they were Spanish, including the DJ at the spot that used to say he was Spanish or Mexican, remember? That's right. And he That's was right. Turk. What was he? I was uh, D- DJ Habib, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> oh God! He used to act like he was fucking me. He used to say I'm from Mexico. Oh yeah, him. yeah. Fuck! He he actually works at my local JB Hi-Fi. <laughs> oh, I still oh, see wow. him now. Yeah, like not amazing, isn't it? No, not in the shims. The other um, one. Bloody He's a good DJ. The other one. Yeah, D- DJ Maz. Oh, DJ Maz, I don't know. Yeah, DJ yeah, Maz. I do remember him, right? Yeah. So DJ Maz is near you. Yeah, yeah, and Hilarious. he um, he used to play, and he does. Like I, I've not just seen him. I mean, I've not just seen him at J- JB Hi-Fi. I've gone to fucking Latin nights, and yeah. he plays like Latin nights still all around oh, the city. But it's yeah. it's D- DJ Habib. People don't know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because they must be, they've got a cult following somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I know his brother too. This is is fucking living in the western suburbs. Like everyone knows each other. Yeah, for sure. It's still fun. In in the western suburbs it's still actually special to be um, a a muso. You know what I mean? It's it's a little bit 80s like that. It's still like if you're a muso, you know other musos in the western suburbs, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There is Mm. a different thing there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They really care about it. Yeah. Even though they're not successful, they still love it. Yeah, know? that's right. Exactly. It's fucking yeah. awesome. And mm. actually this, these guys were huge and you'll probably remember them if you actually get to hear it because I'm going to find it. Here we go. <laughs> amor llega sin esta manera no tiene la culpa caballo le dan sabana porque muy despreciado por eso no te perdono llorar ese amor llega sin esta manera no tiene la culpa amor de compra y venta amor del de pasado ven 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 Wow. Huge, huge hit. In in nineteen eighty nine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Fuck they sounded song. like smokers, didn't they? Woo 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 like they've fucking Fuck been yeah. smoking. It's like they've seen it all. Now Mate. these these guys are actually from France. You wouldn't think so. Um yeah. it's Spanish music. They're you know, they're playing um uh they're celebrating sort of Spanish culture and so forth. But they're Flamenco a, they're a, kind of Yeah, exactly. But they're a French band, so um Hugely popular in that late 80s period and I think it was sort of, I guess, a knock-on effect after La Bamba, really. Like people... Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, people yeah, yeah, wanted yeah. another sort of Latino hit, you know, yep, and this yep. really filled the gap. I used to go on dates with cunts that used to take me to these nights. <laughs> Fuck, I'd never ring them back. Was it, I can't um, do it. Ca- is, it Casablanca's? it. is it Casablanca's that's in Smith Street in Collingwood? No, you're thinking of the Bolero Bar? Oh, it was a Bolero Bar, yeah, there was a, right. There was, I think it was Bolero Bar or Club and then the Bull Ring across the road. Right. And they used to have dance, 
lessons to a band, which yeah. was Fab's mum. Yeah. And Fabs. you'd go on dates. Like people used to think it was romantic because it was Spanish, but that fucking doesn't impress me at all. Yeah. Are you big on the whole Spanish thing or? No, but ki- like the kids are, you know what I mean? Like people still sort of fucking go and do it. Oh, yeah. It's very exciting. Absolutely. And everyone does it, you know. Yeah. Everyone does it. And, look, it's 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 very hot right now. It still is very hot right now. And a lot Jesus. of – it doesn't matter if you're Spanish or Latina or whatever. Everyone goes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, everyone. right. DJ Habib and everyone, you know. Oh, God, I wouldn't. They couldn't love give, it. Couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> Casablanca is, I think it's called, in um, Smith Street in Collingwood, if it's still going. I mean, nothing's open at the moment. Casablanca used to be in St Kilda. Oh, unless fuck, it's the it same fucking. Unless it's Starts the same. With C. Yeah. Well, it could remember. be because Casablanca's in the 80s was in St Kilda and they do regurgitate the names years later. Yeah, they so do, it could don't be. they? Yeah, who knows? You know. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. And I mean, there's so many other songs we could have. Put in the show. Heaps. Yeah. But Heaps. what do you fucking you, – you can't pick everything and I think these ones are the ones that really an, either annoyed you yeah. or you went, oh, my God, remember this, this was huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, people loved it. It really came down to the tune, how catchy it was and all of that. But huge hits, you know, and it just sort of – Made people feel like they were escaping for a moment, you know. It was yeah, and cheaper than going to fucking France. That's right. Have a holiday. You could quickly scull, you know. I don't know, like a margarita or something, really quickly while you were listening to one of these songs, and it'd yeah, be like right. like you were on holiday, you know. Yeah, like I'm, right. Like I'm about to make myself another margarita in about five minutes when this show finishes. Love it. So next <laughs> week we've got. Wogs of the 80s, Passport Pop. Wogs of the 80s, how exciting. Yeah. If you don't know what a wog is, people around the world, it stands for Western Oriental Gen- Western Oriental Oriental Gentlemen. So it oh. means like anybody from the Mediterranean Basin. Italian, Greek, they were huge in the 80s and we're going to talk about it, aren't we? And um, I found out during the week that breakdancing is going to be an Olympic sport. Fuck off. Yeah, it's a Are thing. you going to enter? Fucking oath, mate. I'm taking my little box down. Oh, that's not very nice. To the my oh, cardboard box. You're taking your box down, mate. Oh, your cardboard <laughs> box. Take my box oh, down that's a relief. and give it a Fuck. fucking little snap. I was going to say, you'll, you'll need Yeah, no, fucking... I had a look because I was like, oh, my God, am I just fucking hallucinating? <laughs> and I think it's... When's the next Olympics? Four years? Oh, I don't know. Something like that. Three years, yeah, so I think. Three years. So it's their breakdancing is a thing. Yeah. Where yeah. is it again? Do you know? It's not in Australia. Oh, no. Where is it? I can't remember. I can't fucking remember. They'll yeah. go broke too. Australia's yeah. getting it um, in Brisbane, remember? They're getting it yeah, in a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was They'll announced. use the old fucking site they used for bloody... Singing on the nation. Da, da, da. What's the name of that fucking yeah, song? Yeah, fucking Expo 88. Expo 88. Rehash that. That's right. Yeah, get the old absolutely. kangaroo out. Get, get fucking, fucking Daisy the kangaroo. Get get Jackie McDonald out of mothballs. <laughs> and, you know, get yeah. her on the mic. That'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Agro Absolutely. and Jackie McDonald. Oh, Good on you guys. Oh, God, wouldn't that be an eye-opener for the world, Agro? <laughs> Another Jesus. time. 
Good on you. Let's wrap it up. Good on you. Thanks for listening, guys. If you love the show, please like, share, rate and review. Give us five stars. Write us a little comment in the comments if you can. That would be fucking sexy. And (laughs) become a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. There are all different tiers depending on what you can afford. For $10 a month you get the extra episodes. So fucking good on you. Yeah. So that's $10 US. Um, just so right. you think, oh, how come it's $10.50 or whatever, but it's uh, $1.50 US. And the address is patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. That's right. It's a little bit hard to find on the Patreon uh, platform, but, yeah, that's the actual address. Look it up. Um, and follow us on whatever platform you can, guys. Become a subscriber. That's the best way to, you know, support us as well. And um, tell your friends, fucking get people involved and get people listening and look out for all things Rewind 80s because that's our live music act and we do have dates coming up. Um, They're sort of being pushed back a little bit because of COVID but they are coming up. want to say hi to India. India is starting to really kick some ass with the India. 80s I love India. My godfather's Indian. I love Oh, there you go. Maybe they know. Yeah, I think they must. We are huge in India at the moment. Good, good. I want to go is there. so great. Maybe we could do a Bollywood fucking thing for Good, them. good. We'll do a uh, fucking Tanya Zaira and make it yeah, big on Bollywood. I know, right? Yeah. She did. She was clever doing that, i tell you what. That's right. Very yeah. clever. So good old India is loving it at the moment. G'day, guys in countries. India. And g'day, uh, everyone Slovakia. around the world. Where? Suvlakia. We're trying I love Suvlakia. Oh, no, I love Suvlakia. Yeah. <laughs> Suvla- Czechoslovakia. Wonderful. We are charting. Both the breakdance um, episode last week charted singly mm-hmm. and so yep. did the 80s montage. So which Fantastic. Is great. Fucking very sexy. G'day to all of our friends in the US. G'day to all of our friends in the UK. We fucking love you around the world. And Aussies. And the Aussies, mate. Fucking loving the Aussies. Yeah. Good on and you I guys, you fucking battlers. If uh, with uh, Podomatic we've had a few people jump on board as subscribers, okay. I think from now on we're going to start reading out the people that are jumping on board as subscribers. Yes. yes. Because I see them pop up and I go, oh, and then I just forget to to actually, you know, give them a shout out. But Very important. It's so great because we've just brought – um, another year of uh, Potomatic and and done right. the music license again for another year, which is awesome. So all my videos, every time I'm in on Instagram and I put a video up of a song, they pull it down on me. Yeah, and then I go, no, mate, you can't pull it down. We've got a music license. We do have a music license with Apra guys. So just so you know, anyone that's played on this show gets a payment, yep. and it goes to the artists themselves. So feel free to request or to just love us on Potomatic. Yeah, that's right. Request sort of, you know, a genre of music that you loved or a topic that you loved from the 80s and we'll really go into it yeah. and pull it all apart, you know. Good Absolutely. on you. Absolutely. Yeah, love you guys. Fucking Brilliant. great. Keep well, it great rocking. Episode. Yeah. And if it's music mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. I was going to say um, amen. 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 Yeah, that's very religious. Um, Unreal. Unreal.